Well, welcome to the podcast. Uh, marriage, really, marriage can get better. I'm Joel here with Richard and Sherry. Hey, guys. Hey. Hello, so- hello. So we've been basically... We wrote a book together, and the book is called "Really Your Marriage Can Get Better." It's the first of many to come. Um, we'll be talking about that a little bit in the last episode, the next book that's on the horizon. But we found, for me, the most enjoyable part of the process is was we we would get together and we just sit around a table and we just talk and just you'd tell stories about stuff and um, I, I would you I'm Sherry would oftentimes say there's something here and what do you think of this concept? And as soon as she said it, it reminded me of a verse I'd been reading that morning. And so it's just, the Lord was tying it together. And so we wanted to kind of replicate that in this podcast where we talk a little bit about um, things that are mentioned in the book, concepts in the book, and uh, but then also just whatever else comes up because yep. there's a lot of wealth of experience here. So Lots of stories. Yes. Lots so of stories. The, the topic I want to talk about today is something we talked about the two, in the book we call it the two shifts that need to happen. Um, to, to get your marriage moving toward back towards love. And we really believe there really are just two small shifts that if you take the small steps, God starts to come in and blow his kind of blow in your direction and launches you in a place you can't. And the shift I want to talk about today is the first one we talked about was from tipping to giving, but the shift that we want to talk about today is the shift from isolation to community. And we have seen this over and over again, where somebody's faithfully going to church, seems like things are going great. Then they disappear right? They just appear for weeks. You call a check on them. Well, we had sports events or yeah. kid travel ball, or we were on vacation or oh, we were sick. And, and, but then he's like six, eight weeks, nine weeks go by. And, and then they come back and either act like nothing ever happened or you find out they're getting a divorce yeah. and you go, Oh my right. gosh, it didn't have to be right. this way, yeah. but, but yeah. there's something we in could us. We could have walked alongside with them. Like we could have talked to them. We could have helped them. Yeah. There's something in us that makes us want to yeah. isolate ourselves yeah. when yeah. things go bad. What do you think is the cause of that? I mean, from your own personal experience. Yeah, I think personally, you don't want to, you know, I, I have the saying, man, you can't heal until you deal, you know? And if we're not dealing with ourselves, if we're not being real with ourselves, then the healing that God wants to work in us never happens. So being vulnerable means that you have to put yourself out there. You have to be able to to talk about things. And so many of us have grown up in a culture of we work this stuff out in private. You know, I remember my mom and dad were like, you know, very private people. They wouldn't go to counseling. Uh, no, Never. you know, right. my dad be like, uh, shoot me first before I go to counseling, tell somebody else my problems, you and know, tell some head shrink, <laughs> you know? Um, so, you know, you grow up with that and you think we can work it out. We can work it out. We can change. We could do this. We could do it ourselves. And I did not know that we couldn't do it ourselves because mm. what are we going to do? I think you can, but man, you've got to have some steps. You've got to be reading some books. You've got to be. You've got to do the work. You don't get a participation ribbon. You've got. You're going for a, tro- a life trophy. You got to. You got to run the race. You know. You've yeah. got to be a participant. That's a good point that you just brought up, and I want to bring this up because you talked about how nobody would ever criticize you if they found out you were going to a golf coach. Right. And it's like, oh, you can't figure out golf on your own. What are you a moron? Right. But exactly. man, if you tell people you're going to a marriage coach, ooh. then they're like, oh, oh, things might happen. Yeah. Who cheated? But if yeah. you're like, if you're like, yeah, I'm getting my, you know, I'm getting my 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 uh, Muay Thai Muay Thai, uh, you know, coach, and they're like, dude, you're a bad, 
You are, yeah, right? you're awesome, right? Yeah. But if you're like, oh, yeah, marriage coach, you're what seasons. belt are you? You're, yeah, you're a black. But no, I'm a white. But Still, you're gonna do it one yeah. day. But you know? nobody judges you. Nobody right. goes, oh, right. you can't figure out Muay Thai on your own. Like, <laughs> right. come on, man. <laughs> right. Right. That's oh a good point, gosh. though. Is that yeah. we see marriage that way of like, well, we'll work this out here amongst ourselves, and right. um, we can we can figure this out. And it's not a matter that you're not smart enough. I don't think. Um, Maybe it, well, it's an exposure thing too. If you haven't had a good example set for you. I think too, people don't, and not necessarily that they're just isolating from people. They're, they're isolating at home from each other. Mm. You know, they're living in the same house, living separate lives. And they, that's just what seems to happen. It's like, if you either, if you turn away from each other and you isolate, that's when, that's when the enemy can come in because now you're giving him this big playground You've got to press in. You've got to turn toward each other instead of away from each other. It doesn't just, isolation just doesn't happen from Monday to Tuesday. It's a lifelong process. Mm Because, you know, when you first got married, y'all weren't isolating. Man, y'all were so close. And y'all were sharing a chair. You were sharing a chair and (laughs) me before God and look at us dance and in the food great. And oh my gosh, our wedding was fab and everybody was there. And then all of a sudden it's like, I want a divorce. Well, you know, there was things that happen along the way. And when you feel like you can't, you can't talk because there's resentment and there's anger and there's frustration, then you start to say, you know what, I'm not even going to say anything at all. I'm just not going to talk. And so now you start to, you start to, to load that isolation gun of you start to blame your spouse for everything that has gone wrong in your life. You know, I was using isolation as a weapon, truthfully, because... I was able to bring stuff up to make her not want to talk to me. And then I could just be quiet again. It was my way of intimidating and Mm. being um, like um, strong in the marriage. And if you bring this up again, you're going to get crazy yelling, screaming Richard. That way, because I didn't know how to deal with these emotions. I didn't know how to deal with the stuff that I needed to deal with. Mm. So, man, let's not deal with them and just let's just hope they go away. Well, let's just hope they go away. Well, it's just 7W8 on the Enneagram. And 8 is the force. You know, that's what a challenger is. It's that force. And he would just come at me so strong that it would shut me down because that's just how he knew. If I do this, she'll react this way, and then we won't have to deal with it. Yeah. And I, it wasn't the first time I tried it on her. I had learned this through life. Yeah. If I intimidate people, they're either going to rise up and fight me or they're going to shut down. And 95% of the time they shut down. So that's what I, and the ones that fight, I'm like, ah, it's okay. Let's fight. Which goes back to the idea of how you approach anything is how you approach everything. Right. So if anything in your life, any relationship you have, you're going to bring it into there. So the isolation thing, what I think is fascinating about it is um, you said you were using it as a weapon. So it's like, well, if I'm, Explain that a little bit better. I if, think I understand. If, if if I'm isolated from her, that means I'm not talking to her. So if I'm not talking to her, right. she's not bringing up the issues with drugs. She's not bringing up the d- issues with pornography. She's not talking to me about drinking. So now I have her where I want. I got gotcha. you. That yeah. reminds me though of something you said that I, this is this was powerful for me. when you said it. I said you said it either gets better or it gets worse. It never stays the same. Exactly. And when you choose to isolate, you can count on the fact it's, it's going to get, get worse. worse. Yeah, because yeah, problems don't go away. Right. <laughs> they only get they worse. Manifest. And if you're isolating at home, you know, I, I could see where people want to isolate at church or isolate from other people in community because they don't even want people to see that they're, you can, 
you can see that when you're around people and you're around couples, you can tell whether they're getting along together or you'll have that. I always call it my spidey senses, you know, but you know, that Holy spirit, you can feel when couples aren't, um, in tune with each other and when they've been isolating. So that's becomes way more apparent. I think if you're in a community, if you're going to church, than if you just stay away from everything or everyone, it's interesting. You talk about that of, you can see when things are, when we get around people, uh, it's, it doesn't take long for them to see our baggage, right? And one of the things I've seen as, as working in churches and being a pastor is a lot of times people are just on the verge of a breakthrough and like they've been at a place long enough oh that people, gosh, are, that people yes. are starting to get to know their baggage, right? Yeah. And they're like, oh, you got a real issue there. And yeah. they find some reason to yeah. leave because it's just yeah. hitting a little yeah, too yeah, close yeah, to yeah, home. Yeah, and yeah. it's like, so many times you're, it's like you're it's almost, almost there. there. And then all of a sudden somebody starts poking. It's that like, nerve. You know? And then you go, oh, we got to get it. And you find a reason to be offended at somebody or you leave. And I just see that so many times, you know, God gives us the body of Christ um, so that we can function together. And, and it just, you know, listen, we always, you know, we don't want think people to think that we don't have it all together. Look, they already know you don't have it yeah. together. Right. They see None it, right? Yeah. yeah you know, so one of the challenges I think though, is that we run to isolate ourselves when somebody starts poking at a pain point, but the pain point, you know, God always reveals to heal. So if you're feeling the pain, yep. it's possible. Yeah. It's, it's, it's actually more than possible. It's true yep. that God wants to heal that. And the reason the pain has come up is so that you can deal with it. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. It was and, like, it's like in marriage when you have conflict, but what I, when we would have conflict or have a problem and we would argue and fight, I thought, Oh my gosh, we're getting divorced because that's what happens. You don't, you don't have arguments and fights in marriage unless you're getting divorced because I didn't know you could mm. argue and fight in marriage and work it out and keep on going. And so we learned one of the marriage classes was, Without conflict, there is no growth. And so there was a time that we were really growing a lot <laughs> from a lot of conflict. Um, but you, but you have to be, you have to, you have to go through your stuff to fix your stuff. That that's a that's an interesting thing because I've I've heard couples that talk and I'm like, you've never had a fight in your life, mm-hmm. and I mean. I feel like Emily and I are in a pretty much a perpetual fight. <laughs> we, we love each other, but there's always, we're always kind of like pushing each other yeah. here or that, or you did, you know, and I don't know. People think that fighting is a sign that you're going to get divorced, but that's no. actually not the case. No. I think a bigger sign that you're going to yeah. get divorced is isolation yes. because fighting is actually, at least we're you're confronting work, you're it. You're working it out. You can't fight in isolation. That's no. right. Um, that's right. So maybe... <laughs> Are we encouraging people to fight more? <laughs> well, let me just tell you, and we teach a pre-marriage class. We've been teaching uh, one of the pre-marriage classes at our church for 14 years. And one of the things that when we teach the session on uh, conflict is we say, how many, got, how many of you couples have never had a fight? And there's always that one or two that are uh, sharing, a, sharing chair, a chair that are waving, wave their hand. And they're so happy. And they're like, we have it. Sure and goes, we say, go home and fight. Yeah. I say, go home and start one. Yeah. Because... Unless you know how to get through conflict, you're going to be in big trouble down the road. Well, and there's a verse that's in Proverbs that says, iron sharpens iron, so one person yeah. sharpens another. And there is an element of you don't grow in life until the two yep. metals clash. And if you're isolated, living your own lives, uh, you know, you've got your own bank account. You've got, yeah. when you talk about the isolation in the home, you've got your own bank account. You've got your own, there's nothing that you have to agree upon right. um, other than when to have sex or whatever yeah. it is. Uh, then you're not you're not sharpening one another, no. and marriage isn't just to, to have somebody in the house so you're not alone. Because um, you can, I mean, we've all experienced that, right? You can have people around and still feel alone. Yeah. Absolutely, oh, you can be in a crowd alone. and still feel yeah. alone. Yeah, yeah. Sure. and that I think that's one of the most key things is lean into 
it sounds weird to say that, but lean into the conflict yeah, yeah. because if, if you go into it with the right mindset of this conflict isn't conflict unto divorce, this conflict is conflict unto us getting stronger yeah. and closer yeah. instead of drawing further apart, yeah. that's yeah. when you win. I don't know how you can live with someone. If you're working your stuff out and you're really working on your marriage, I don't know how you can live with them without sometimes disagreeing about stuff and sometimes not seeing eye to eye. Like we don't have the arguments that we used to have. We don't have the fights that we used to have, but we still don't always think the same. And sometimes I'm like, nope, I, you know, I don't see it that way. I think it's this. And then we get into a thing about, you know, but it's not an angry thing. It's just more of a, this is my side, this is my, but there is sometimes where conflict, I just think we have to have conflict. If you're married and you're really working with your spouse and you're not just going through that shoulder to shoulder thing with people, you know, with your spouse doing the marriage dance, as we've heard people call it, um, you, you have, there's going to be things where you rub each other wrong right now in the quarantine. I mean, we're in a great place in our marriage or we're, we're empty nesters. We were like, Ooh, we were traveling. Everything was great. But now we're every day. It's a little, there's times where I'm like, did uh, you just, did you just step in my way? Like, did you just touch me? Like, you know, yeah, like, uh, you know, uh, are it's, you touching my foot right now? Are you touching for, my foot? I need my space. For those of you listening to this in 2029, yeah. <laughs> there's there this thing this called thing quarantine called, uh, yeah. where we all but, had to stay in our houses to avoid COVID-19. Uh, our grandkids are going to be like oh my gosh remember when they had that they went through that covid it's because they ate ice cream who would eat ice cream (laughs) and how ironic that they called it self-isolating yeah you need to self-isolate it all came from cow's milk what's really interesting right now about this quarantine the lockdown and the isolation is that we are seeing these couples that are with each other isolated in the same home we either see couples that are getting so much stronger, having time with each other, getting back to some basic stuff, like really doing well. And then where there are couples, we have friends that are uh, attorneys and they're already hearing from couples wanting to divorce. Like right now they're separating, not even staying in the same house. Don't even want to go through this quarantine because they're ready. Right. This has just, it has ripped a bandaid off of things and they don't want to deal with you're, it. You're going, we were going, most of us were going 90 miles an hour and all of a sudden it came to a screeching halt and all of a sudden the stuff you could ignore with speed interesting enough got a book coming out called love slows down also uh the stuff you you get get it at uh, bookstores (laughs) everywhere that's true but there is that i mean i really believe that you know you'll never make up with speed what you lack in direction and if your marriage is not is going in the direction of isolation or you're never going to make it up with speed just going faster and ignoring it that's what you said we tried it yeah we did it for years. We went and went and worked at the church, volunteered. I mean, we have a, a joke that I, I told Richard we need to write a chapter in a book all about wearing our badges at church because we were in the men's ministry, the women's ministry, the uh, finance ministry, the business the, ministry, min, the business ministry, the pre-marriage ministry, the marriage ministry. We, you name it, we were doing it. And our kids were all involved too. And we had a badge for all these different ministries and they would be on the side of our refrigerator. So depending on that Sunday. And go, oh, why can't we just have badge Sunday? where you could just wear, just wear all them your all. badges. Wear them all. So I see my badges of honor, you know. Right. But that's what we did. We stayed so busy uh, being busy so we didn't have to deal with our stuff. But it also goes back to what we talked about in a couple of podcasts before, talking about that fake it till you make it. We almost had to do that. We had to force ourselves to go to church, to be there, to be involved, to get up and keep going back and going back. Even to though learn we learned something that yeah, we didn't know. We weren't living it out really right, but if we had just stayed at home and tried to do this by ourselves, we would have we would be divorced right now. Which brings up a really key point is there's something powerful about just getting in the right environment. Mm-hmm. And when you're isolating yourself, your marriage is getting bad, you say, oh, I don't know. If you can find if you can just literally it's kind of like when you go to the gym 
you know, my wife does these classes at the gym and I'm like, I don't know how you do those classes. She's like, the hard part's just getting to the gym. Yeah. Once I get there, I get all energized and revved up and I can complete the class. And I think a lot of times that's what happens yeah. in marriage yeah, is yeah, you yeah. say, I don't want to go to church. He's going to talk to me about how I need to clean up my act or whatever, or how I'm in the wrong one. But there's this energy when you get around an environment of faith. And it sounds like what, that's what you guys were yeah. saying was your stories. Like yeah. we were faking it till we make it, made it. But eventually that environment of faith overcame us because we were willing to get into the environment instead of isolate. That's yeah. right. And I just, just yesterday, Richard was saying, if you hadn't got up and gone to church, if you hadn't been the one who's telling me, if you hadn't been the one to make us go to church, like get up and like, even if we overslept. For the first four years Even least. if there's like four <laughs> o'clock in the morning, we were still partying the night before. I'm like, we're going to church, you know? Yeah. And I mean, I'm pretty sure the lady sitting in front of us for years, we probably owe her like a wig or something from the uh, our breath breathing on her <laughs> back of her head <laughs> from the night before, from all the cigarettes and drinking and everything else. But but Richard said, but one of us had to do it. Like one of us had to say, nope, we are, I'm drawing the line. We're going to church no matter what, because now we had had that accountability where people were counting, our kids were in all these little ministries, you know, like they were counting on us to be there and then we didn't want to fail. So it really did help us, even though at that time it wasn't, we weren't doing it, but it was helping us by getting that muscle stronger. We just we kept, it was right like we kept going to the gym. You know, we weren't isolated. Um, even though we felt, you know, there were so many years I didn't even feel like I belonged in church because of my past and all the things that I had done wrong. You know, I had, you know, that we were talking about forgiveness and the hardest person to forgive, it seems to be, is ourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have such a hard time forgiving ourselves. And because we can't forgive ourselves, then we're still carrying around the offenses that we've caused. So... Being in church, I just felt for so long that I just didn't deserve to be there. That, you know, this just, even though we were serving and we were doing things, I just still felt like, man, God still, really, God, you really love me, you know? And I just didn't know it. I didn't feel it. And the only way to get that is to continue to go and to continue to grow because in time, God will start to show you things and reveal things to you. And there was no time that we ever thought that, we were going to make it, you know, I didn't think we were going to make it. I thought we were going to get divorced. You know, I just knew, I knew in my heart of hearts, we were going to get divorced. It's like, and how are we going to get, well, you know, we'd go one more Sunday, one, one more, more Sunday, Sunday one you know, more and Sunday. just make it one more yeah. time. And I thought eventually they're all going to know, but because of that, not isolating ourselves and going every week after a while, as we grew in the church and became leaders in the church, like we were starting to get positions of teaching and this and that, and, and our kids were in worship team and all that, like we became a little more known. And so then it was a little more pressure that we actually couldn't just come in church and slip in and slip out. Like we were having to be accountable. So we couldn't party as all the time. We had to be alert and we had to and we started feeling God started convicting me at first a lot about it like I don't I didn't want to live this double life and that's when Richard was felt a lot of resentment toward me because he thought you know you're just I think he was kind of going along with the whole church thing for a long time just because he knows that knows that made me happy but I would still party with him so he, we had the best of both worlds but whenever I said we just have to draw this sand uh, line in the sand and we need to live the life that we're telling other people so when as we got friends and we became that community which which we're going to talk about, that was really the change. When we stopped isolating, you know, started going to church, and we did that for a while, but to get into a community of people that were on a daily basis accountable yeah. to us. Which is the interesting element of community is, is I know a lot of us sometimes we'd be like, man, Jesus, I just want you to show yourself to me. Just 
you know, just talk to me or speak to me. And the very reality of the church in the world is that we are called to be the example of Jesus. So if you want to get close to Jesus, the best way to do it is is in community because he is the tangible community. The church is a tangible expression of who Jesus is. Now, now understand we get it wrong, right? Because this—that's right. the crazy thing about it—is the church is where healing comes from, but it's also where we tend to get hurt a lot. Yeah. So you've been hurt a lot. Somebody got said some things about maybe your past marriage or your past life or something that hurts you, and the tendency is, oh, isolate again, isolate. But it's when you press into that that you actually begin to see the redemptive. You know, it's crazy how Jesus works through messed up people like Man. us to help others. But it's in that reality that community is the expression of that hug that you want from Jesus. It happens through people. And when your marriage is at its worst and it's the hardest time and you just wish somebody would just scoop you up, the best place to be is around other believers um, to feel the tangible presence. Man, the Uh, truth shall set you free. And who wants to hear the truth? Oh, the truth hurts. Well, I was going to say last night we were doing a... a we were doing a Zoom call because now, right now everybody's doing virtual everything. So we were doing a virtual call with a, a church in Tampa for their marriage thing. And we told them the story about um, there was a time that I think we should write this like a chapter of a book, but I don't have time for people. I don't have time for relationship. I'm on a mission from God. <laughs> right. And that's what we did for years. We were going to church doing this mission that God had called us on, but we didn't care about the people and all the stuff. Like we were just doing we were doing the work. We were doing works. That's and true. And we weren't plugging into relationship and people. I hear that with people all the time. They say, me and Jesus got it all worked out. And I'm like, yeah. well, you and people don't got it worked out. Yeah. So you and Jesus don't actually <laughs> oh got it worked gosh. out. Because people don't like the way you oh, are. Right? That's so, so funny. Because we really thought, though, that y'all don't understand. And both of us, we did that spiritual, oh, what, what was it when we did oh, the strengths? And we both have several strengths in our top five in influencing. So... Man, when we were getting positions and influence, it's like, this is our jam. Like, we can do this. Mm. We're crusaders. Like, we can do, but we're like, move out of the way, people. We don't have time. <laughs> we got to step over the top of your heads, right. you know? <laughs> so I got a question for you, and I didn't warn you about this before, okay? But what do you think are the most important elements when you're trying to find a community to lock into? What do you think are the most important elements to look for in that community? You know, Dave and Ashley Willis said, these four things, and I think it is great. In a community, they have to be, because this is good, this goes for anybody. They have to be for you, they have to be for God, they have to be for your spouse, and they have to be for your marriage. So the community that you're plugged into, if one of those elements is missing somewhere in that community, then don't stay away from the community, but find the, the people in the community that are, giving you those four elements. Because you don't want to get any advice from people that don't have those four things. Your family means well, your friends, whatever, maybe the friends you grew up with or the party guys that you knew. But but you've if you we want we started looking for people that had what we wanted. Mm. And they always say if you're the smartest person in a group, you need new friends. And so we never had that problem. We always that we you know they were all I don't even know how they kept us in, in their that's group, right. honestly. But but we would see Because you bullied your way <laughs> in. Bullied, yeah, that's a whole nother <laughs> chapter. But uh, we saw things in people that we I saw things that I, I wanted. Richard would say, I'm not hanging around those church people. He's like, they're all walking around on a cloud saying uh, where for out thou Romeo and all this stuff. And I was like, Richard, you know, that's Shakespeare. That's not even the Bible. Uh, but he just thought they were a bunch of nerds. And he was like, I don't want to hang around church people. Well, we go to church on Sunday, we do this, but we're ha- still hanging with our, you know, girl, bros, bros before, before girls, girls, you know, and <laughs> Hey, that doesn't rhyme. <laughs> and, 
it does in our house. <laughs> but I saw other, I saw pastors at our church. I saw people that were, you know, I heard them speak and I would see their marriages and we would look at them and go, please, like there is no way people are really are so like that. Faking so it. fake, yeah. But then as we got to know them, we thought we want what they have. Like we, we wanted that and we wanted to know what that was and how could we get that for our own life. So let me just make this clear. So if you're a man and you're looking for marriage advice, don't go to your single divorced drunk drinking buddies for uh, community. Or Great advice. Your, or even your <laughs> Great advice. Yes. Even your married buddies that aren't don't have those things. That, right. Because yeah, there's a lot of married guys. Well, look, dude, I've been married 30 years. I can tell to you the how old the cow, ball and chain. Yeah, I can you know? tell you how the cow ate the cabbage. Like you need someone. We used to have those people in our life. Like if we had an argument, you know, they were telling Richard, dude, you knew she was going to try to change you. You know, let's come on, let's go out to the gentleman. Gentlemen, I use that term loosely. Let's go to the gentleman bar. You know, let's do the club. And and my girlfriend's going, girl, you've already been married two times like you're not putting up with that like you're mm. way stronger than that you don't need that yeah, I was gonna say what does it look like for women like yeah. guys that are on the you know yeah. the, oh girls are like you you need to move out you need to get you are woman here you roar you know like you need to get away from that but now we have friends that they wouldn't even put up with that they're like you better get on home <laughs> get thee to your yes, home like, yes yeah. because they know like look at the man and they would call out those things the good things that they see because they know those things our friends only knew the party side of us so yeah you know what was crazy joel is we had so many people and so many like a few but not so many a handful a couple handfuls that would say you guys one day are going to talk to thousands of people and we're just like we're floored right because mm. we just started going to church and we're like we just gave our testimony in class you know what is that like we we couldn't see it in ourselves yeah other people saw it in us wow. you know, they would prophesy over us and so many of those prophecies have come to pass and we and just it wasn't because we were so great right. it was like when, when marcel i just awesome couple, Marcel and Donna at our church, saw us like maybe the second time we ever spoke, uh, spoke in our marriage class. And he said, you guys are going to speak to thousands. And he's, I've never heard anybody in church talk about y'all are real. Like y'all are, I'm not even sure the church is ready for y'all. That was like 15 years <laughs> wow. ago, you know, but because of that, I mean, I think people started to say, wow, okay, well, we can be honest in church. Like at least in our church, our church is a super transparent. It has really become over the years because we just tell it like it is. Probably too much information, but that, that's an interesting point that you said. They called out what you couldn't even see in yourself. Because one of the things I've noticed in in the counseling world and having hung out in the church for about forty years now, <laughs> um, is that a lot of times people run. Well, what are you going to say? You're only thirty eight. How have you been in there forty years? No, I'm, I'm older than thirty eight. <laughs> <laughs> I was born on the front front pew of a church, my friend. <laughs> I have kids almost as old as you. As long so as you weren't conceived there, then we're okay. I don't ask, right? <laughs> but uh, my dad was a pastor. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Anyway, oh, uh, but we didn't. We only used grape juice, That's so right. it, was, it, was, it wasn't wine. But anyway, um, <laughs> or so you. Who knows? Yeah, right. <laughs> so this is what's fascinating to me, though, is I see a lot of people run because they're like, they're, you know, they're judging me. They're judging us. They're oh, judging us. Wow. But really what it maybe is, maybe they're calling out something in you you don't even see in yourself. Yeah. And we go and we go, they're judging me. They aren't accepting me like I am. And there's this weird line between somebody accepting you like they, you are and then truly loving you enough to call out yeah. greatness from you. Yeah. And I see that so many times with people. I'm like, they're like, I left because those people were so judgmental of my lifestyle. I'm like, 
maybe they saw how much yes. potential you have in you and they just thought it'd be a horrible thing to let that to go let to waste. Go. Oh, that's so I mean, huge because I've seen so many people leave the church and Satan wants you to church hop so that you never find a home, yeah. so that you never find community and you always live in isolation. Yeah. 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 Well, I, th- this is a huge, huge topic. And in the next episode, I want to talk a little bit more about kind of what one of the keys to, to getting out of isolation is, is really being willing to be vulnerable. But I think kind of to wrap this one up, it's just so important, no matter how bad your marriage is right now, get, don't isolate, do not isolate, get into an environment of faith and hope. People that want the same thing for your marriage. Yeah. Isolation and if, and, is a marriage killer. Yeah, it is. And if you don't have a marriage group at your church, start one. You mm. know, maybe it's just a home group. Maybe it's just a small group that you do. Ours started out with six or eight couples 14 years ago. Don't, I know what you're going to say. No, it started, say. With, it started with 20 and we grew it to six overnight. <laughs> <laughs> but now we have a marriage class in our church and there's probably 200 something people that come every Sunday, you know, and not because it's a numbers thing, but just saying that, that it started somewhere yeah. and we just kept doing it and kept going. And we just have such a great tribe right now. And, the, and just that encouraging each other and, and the community love just and it, it helps our marriage so much because there's just so much more at stake than just ourselves yeah. for more encouragement for your marriage pick up a copy of really marriage can get better on amazon.com and visit brightermarriage.com